Jake, we're here for college basketball for Wednesday, November 15th. Uh, three games that start all about the same time, as you can see on screen there, if you're with us on YouTube. Uh, yesterday, uh, we're recording late enough, we can talk about yesterday. So sometimes we don't, which is unfortunate. I like being able to talk about yesterday. If we consistently can, I would love to put a recap slide like we do for football. It's just, I haven't messed with that yet because we've recorded a bunch of shows where like the last game or two is still happening. And it's like, yeah. I don't know if I want or not. Um, we we needed we, we we had a show where we took all favorites. It was weird. I didn't like it. I felt a little gross. I hate doing it. Um, but we said we needed to Made go money, two and one. We we needed to go two and one, and we did because that's and that's the thing we always talk about, right? It's it's not about a win percentage with money lines. It's about an ROI. Um, there's a lot of math involved, but I always tell people like, hey, you can put your hand, you can put your trust in my hands. I'm a math guy. That's uh, what I have multiple degrees in, three of them. And, um, I mean, that's really, there's really nothing to it, nothing else to it other than just, you know, we need to win at a clip higher than the implied probability odds. You can scale around as you need. Um, and, and we'll make money. That's that simple. It really is. It really is. I mean, whew, that, that, uh, Kansas game made me, made me sweat quite a bit, yeah. but oh yeah, hold it out. Chris, the Hunter Dickinson on his just absolutely outstanding night. He's uh, very good. Duke, Duke, yeah, he is. Duke seemed to kind of hold hold court the whole time. Wasn't really ever too nervous there. And Illinois, man, that was just erratic play that I didn't expect. There was yeah. just times they were just it, throwing the ball five rows deep into the stands. <laughs> And I think we kind of expected Kolek to be a little bit not like himself. And I don't think that was yeah. the case at all. And we talked about that. He made he made a difference. That kind of changed it from Illinois, the slightly better team, to Marquette's the slightly better team. And uh, I mean, he he looked he looked good. And that was a little yeah. – I don't want to – you just never know with injuries, right? You never know. And, and we were kind of projecting on average how we thought he would perform. And he he looked great and and, and – had tip, and that's what we said that, that that'd be the biggest issue with him going on the going on the road in a tough environment, getting a win is he'd have to play like he wasn't hurt, and and he did. He really he, put him on, did, put him on his back. It. It looked great. Yeah, I, I was I was watching when they came out of half. I thought, you know, I don't know. With most people when I've rolled my ankles and stuff, it's when you stop moving that it really getting it back going hurts. So I was trying to see if he was yippy at all coming out of halftime, and it looked like he was just. Like out hundred percent, I couldn't tell a difference. And Illinois looked great starting the second half, and then that was like their best real run, and they just couldn't couldn't do much for it. But I mean, that's kind of what we talk about with with this: is we look at a totality of picks. It's tough because oftentimes we won't have the totality of picks that day to evaluate, and that's unfortunate. It's a over a longer period. Uh, I have metrics that I track where where I, I clump together all games of similar odds and similar probabilities and track via. Looking at looking at the odds direction from the from the actual price that the books have, and then looking at a model probability, and just making sure the lines and bucking them up into similar groups, and just saying, hey, in the long run, are we actually accurate on the model? Because the models calibrate accurately. That's what's going to help us profit uh, on these. And so, you know, it's not that we take a lot of minus two hundred picks. Uh, it, it's just that over the course of the season, when we aggregate all of them up, uh, are we doing well? And historically, that has been the case. 
Um, like we always say, whether we have a good night or a bad night or win one game or not, doesn't make us right or wrong or the model right or wrong. It's the totality of picks and the larger sample size. We had a good night here uh, on Tuesday with three picks on show. Hopefully we can replicate that. The slate here on Wednesday is a little bit weaker than Tuesday. It's not quite as exciting as the Tuesday games, but uh, we've got three good ones here and we'll get into it with uh, Princeton and Duquesne. But first, if you hadn't noticed, uh, in the show description, you can save $5 off your first month with at Dub Club using the promo code CBBPOD or uh, scanning the QR code on screen. If you're with us over uh, on our audio-only shows on the podcast, you've also got a code there and a link you can click in the show description. So uh, you can save $5 off your first month at Dub Club if you click those descriptions in the it, 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 click the link in the show description. Now we'll get to it, Princeton and Duquesne. Uh, model has Duquesne as the slightly better team at home. And so they should win 62% of the time. Uh, Jake, if you win 62% of the time, though, you should not be favored at a price around minus 200. And so we're on the opposite side of this, plus 176 on Princeton. If you win 38% of the time, that makes plus 176 a solid pick, a decent pick, not the best pick of the night according to the model. But as we always say, all models are wrong. Some models are useful. Sideline has been useful to us, but it is not perfect. It is not perfectly accurate. We try to get it as good as we can, but the model sees a little bit of value. Jake, you see a little bit more than the model does. Tell us why. Yeah, look, I'll, first off, I want to say I like this Duquesne team. I think they're incredibly fun to watch. Day uh, Day Grant and Jimmy Clark are just fun. They're very good. Um, they struggled the first night out. Only beat Cleveland State by two, but have dominated since. But this Princeton team is very, very good. I think sideline's a little too low on them. They are so, so extremely well coached that they are just very, very solid there. And then you add in the fact that they are incredibly balanced. They've got six guys averaging double figures. And Pierce right now is just on an unreal run, averaging 17 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, I mean, they haven't played a home game yet, so none of that's boosted by being at home. They went neutral site with uh, Rutgers and then won that one, then went to Hofstra, and that was very impressive uh, winning, winning there. The opposing gyms don't seem to bother them. Changing gyms all the time doesn't seem to bother them. They shoot well. They play slow and methodical, and they're very stubborn. They will absolutely slow this game down and frustrate the crap out of Duquesne. Who wants, they're not like a super fast-paced team, but they want to play faster than normal, definitely definitely a lot faster than Princeton. And I think the defense and the, just the balance, the way the ball moves, uh, uh, they're getting about 19 or so assists a game. Uh, the ball is just going to be moving around and it's going to be slow. And it's that Princeton backdoor cut kind of stuff that just all of a sudden burns you for a layup. And I think, uh, Duquesne's just going to get so frustrated and they're going to end up losing this very, very coin tossy type game. Princeton on opening night, we took them against Rutgers. Model said that Princeton should be closer uh, than, the, than the spread was, but still thought that Rutgers was more than 50% likely to win. The spread said that as well. Princeton won. Game two the model said Hofstra was slightly more likely to win than lose. The book said Hofstra was slightly more likely to win than lose. Princeton won that as well. 
So we're seeing a little bit of a pattern here where Princeton gets in these coin tossy type games where the models, the models, the books, everybody's kind of still says that Princeton's more likely to lose the win and they pull it out, right? And so maybe they can do the same thing here for us. I will note in that win against Hofstra, we like to talk about how the models view in these teams. Entering that game, Princeton was ranked 117, now they're ranked 118. So the model basically said, cool, you did exactly what we thought. We think, you know, we're not changing any. Duquesne, we faded them on Friday against Charleston on this very show. And and Duquesne started out great, then let Charleston right back in it, and then pulled away again. It was kind of a weird game, but the model was very impressed with what Duquesne did and jumped them from 123 to 101. So this is a pick in that the model is saying, yeah, Duquesne's absolutely better than what we thought last time and made, made some adjustments on them. And yet still the market seems to be a little bit too high on Duquesne, according to sideline. You agree with that and think that plus 176 is a pretty good investment. Jake, we, we talked about how weird yesterday was taking all the favorites. I love the dogs. We did a lot of it that first week. It's great because, you know, you can go one and two and basically break even with some of these yeah. uh, if, if it breaks right rather than having to go two and one to make to turn a profit, um, which is always a little tough with, with, with two picks here. But Princeton, uh, a live dog on the road, yeah. which takes us to Utah Valley and Charlotte. Jake, Kind of a lather, rinse, repeat of the last game. Charlotte uh, and Utah Valley are very similar, according to Sideline. In fact, ranked next to each other. But the home court advantage on this, the travel all the way across the country from Utah Valley to Charlotte, bumps that 50-50 on a neutral. You know, if they're playing this game, let's say halfway between these two schools, somewhere in, uh, you know, Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm going to guess I have no idea how close to accurate that is. This would be 50-50, but it's shifted to 60-40 based off location. Jake, I actually thought that my model looking at these win probabilities might be a little bit too, uh, giving too much credit to the home team because my brain kind of thought a 50-50 game at home and now a 60-40, like that seems like a big jump. I would have expected more like 55, 56, something like that. But apparently not because Charlotte is a massive favorite in this one. And apparently the home court advantage is even more <laughs> according to the books than, than the model thinks. And apparently the, the, the 5% boost to Charlotte and the 5% ding to Utah Valley isn't enough. Uh, Utah Valley plus 205 is a B grade pick pretty strong value here. We only think Utah Valley wins 40% of the time, but the break even for plus 205 is in the low 30%. So pretty good value here. You can also take points if you want Jake, we took all the favorites yesterday, taking a couple dogs here today. Some people have different strategies. Some people will never lay odds. They will always lay points. Some people will never take odds. They will only take points. Different strokes for different folks, however you're doing it. If it's reasonable, and again, I've set an arbitrary threshold of seven, just like in football, seven is our cutoff. Seven or more, we go to spread. Otherwise, we do money line. I'm on the money line here. If you want to take the points, though, whatever. Again, whatever works for you. I've just set forth my rules to keep my sanity because, honestly, half of this game for me is the mental game of it, of just not being frustrated with having to decide which to do. But if you want to decide to do something different and take points in this case, or like we did yesterday with the favorites, you're going to lay points. No judgment here. Do what you got to do. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure where all the Charlotte love is coming from. They pay, they play painfully slow mm. and are not, and they make games miserable. They, they're just not fun to watch, but they're so dependent on Milicic Jr. And I, I was assuming you say his name, like Darko Milicic. I, I don't know exactly, but um, 
it just feels very easy to figure out. That doesn't mean that it's not a good strategy because he's, he's a very good player. Uh, it's just at this level, you need a little bit more than just the one big guy. Um, they like to force the three ball, and they're just like that's how their defense is, is pack it in, uh, make you take all day, shoot a long contested three. Uh, and then on the offensive end, they're not very aggressive. They're not drawing a lot of fouls. Uh, but Utah Valley loves to run and score. I mean, they're not the super fast pace, but they don't really need the three ball. They like to, they're very aggressive at drawing fouls, just not great at converting them. Uh, they only hit 51.9% more last game, but they do clean up their misses so, uh, incredibly well. And especially on the defensive end, they are a very, very good rebounding team. They're limiting Charlotte to one shot and done is going to be very tough because they're not a great offensive team. They're very meh offensively. And so with them only being able to take one shot as slow as they play, it's going to be very, very tough. Um, Charlotte's also kind of young this year, and I don't think they're quite disciplined enough to stay in their style. I watched a little bit of the Liberty game, and they every once in a while started to run a little bit and move up and down the floor, and then that kind of led to them getting – I think they ended up losing by 12. I think Utah Valley will be able to pull them out for spurts of that very slow pace, and that leans into Utah Valley. I think that's where – Utah Valley wins this game. They had a very impressive road win at Sam Houston State. I mm-hmm. feel like that game went to overtime. I can't remember if it it did. Okay. We took eight and a half points with them last week. That would have been on Thursday, I believe, as an A-grade play there. And it's a similar situation. Sam Houston State, you know, plays faster, obviously, than Charlotte. Uh, they used to not, but now they're playing, you know, a little bit quicker in this iteration of the team, but it was a similar situation. The model gave Utah Valley a 38% chance to win. Now they've got a 40% chance to win and they got the job done there against a a Sam Houston state team that might honestly be better than Charlotte. Uh, If nothing else, they're pretty similar with regards to how good they are. So they should be able to hang around and keep it interesting. Uh, Plus two Oh five is absolutely worth an investment. Or again, if you're taking some points, Jake, how do you handle these situations? Do you split? Do you, you know, how much of it's game by game? Obviously, you know, college basketball a little bit better. So I'm sure you use some of your knowledge to help with that, but I'm just curious how you generally, how you generally approach that. Um, I go game by game and it's really how I feel with teams like this one. Um, I'll still split it, but I'll lean heavily, more heavily towards the money line that I am going to be taking with the points. Um, when it's games where I'm not as confident in a team, like I think like Kentucky would have been a great example right there. Like, I'm, I'm not confident in them to win the money line, as obviously as we took Kansas, but I didn't think it was going to be. So I played Kentucky with the points. I got a nice little middle there when I, when I mm-hmm. jumped out. So I think so, like I got it at seven, so that was that was lovely, uh, but. So like when I'm not totally trusting trusting a team, I I play more points than that. I just take it very team by team, game by game. And again, if you were in a, it might be preaching to the choir here, and you may be already well aware of this, but the same principles we talked about yesterday, taking a favorite, are the same principles that hold with a dog. We're we're not really concerned about one game. I know that sounds a little counterintuitive, but we're not really concerned if this pick wins or loses. We're concerned about the totality of picks like it winning enough to profit for us. And so this pick may not win, but if we get enough of these 
upper plus 100s, lower plus 200s, and we're winning anywhere near 50% of them, that's going to be a nice little profit. These have been so good to us across all sports, these types of picks, uh, because in general, uh, there's a little bit of value. That's why we tend to end up there, but sometimes the value is not on the, on the dog. It wasn't for the picks that we did on show yesterday. Of course, it was for all the other picks. Uh, I believe we had like 17 A grades and every other pick was a dog <laughs> besides the, uh, or, or a, sh- or like a minus one Oh five favorite or something. Uh, so we had just all the dogs over there, uh, on that. So again, if you're with us on dub club, you uh, saw all the dogs that we picked there. We'll go to one more here. Cornell at George Mason earlier in the night, this was a B plus pick. And I made the comment to you. I said, Cornell's a stone's throw away from an A grade here. Uh, model says this is a 50, 50 game. It's going to be strength on strength, but Cornell has the ball. That's the best unit on the court is their offense. But the next best unit is George Mason's defense. Here's the thing though. It's other things. Cornell's the much better team. Cornell's been fun to back so far this season. Coin toss game at plus 140. That's an A grade for me every day of the week. Jake, tell us more about why Cornell is such a strong play for Wednesday night. But George Mason's defense is impressive. Uh, they held Austin P to like 40 something points. They held Monmouth to 33% shooting, but neither of those teams are Cornell level talented. Uh, Cornell is very good. Very, very, very good. They, especially offensively, they play just an outlandish number of guys, and they all seem to score. Uh, they work very well together, averaging about 20 assists. They shoot nearly 55%. Like, in those assists help that, right? One more, one more pass is typically always better because you typically get a better shot with just the one more pass. That seems to be their mantra. Uh, I just don't think George Mason's got the offense to hang, and I don't think their defense is good enough to drag Cornell down. Because uh, you see their defensive ratings, there aren't that far apart. Uh, I, mean, I know ranking, like ranking wise, they get there, but they're not that crazy far apart. Um, they could, Cornell could do a bit better with the turnovers, but with the pace they want to play, that kind of a byproduct of it, just more possessions equals more chances to turn the ball over. Um, but they do average; they average about eight or nine steals a game, somewhere in between there. They that helps them speed it up. I think George Mason's will be a little, little uh, struggle with the, the way Cornell attacks. It's not just that they're fast and they shoot the ball well. It's they have so many options out there. You have to guard everybody on the floor. The first two teams they played are definitely not like that. Not trying to take too much away from George Mason. I just don't think their defense is quite like Virginia level yet. Yeah, Cornell uh, got it done for us on show as an A grade pick. Uh, last Saturday, last Friday, I can't remember which day. All the days blend together uh, at this point with all the sports, especially last week with all the marquee games on Friday. They were during the day, but it's still just kind of like messing with my brain a little bit. I love the traveling we're doing. As you notice, we have different backgrounds. Every, it seems like every other time I do a show because we're <laughs> traveling across the world. Yeah. Uh, so uh, whatever it was before, we had an A-grade on Cornell and, and they got it done. And in a similar situation where it was close to a coin toss type game and we said people aren't respecting Cornell enough and, and that worked out for us. There, hopefully, it can work out again. We really like this Cornell team, uh, which takes us to our recap. Three dogs, uh, Jake. This is uh, this is more of what I like. I like I like more of the dogs. But hey, yesterday worked out too with the three favorites. Uh, going two and one, we were up half a unit, which you know half half a unit of the day keeps the doctor away or, or keeps the reload away, right? Which is what we're what we're going for here. So uh, a little bit more uh, forgiveness here coming with the plus odds if we win the right one, uh, we'd probably break even. So uh, the, the bar's lower. But again, 
when we view this, it's with the totality of picks. There are more picks on Dub Club. If you're not with us there already, again, there's that QR code on screen. And again, you can also click the link in the show description, but it's the, the totality of picks across all picks in all days that we're looking at here. Uh, in order to try to profit. These are three that we think are interesting enough to watch. Hopefully they're all on television. I didn't actually look to see if that was the case on a week or Wednesday. Jake, do you have any parting words for the viewer? No, the Dub Club is worth it because, I mean, we're looking at totals and the totals seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, that's, that's something you get with with your Dub Club membership is the projected totals and the, the which way the model leans over under. And I think that is a huge benefit. Yeah, totals... Uh, Two and a half percent ROI if you were to play every single one of them, which that would be okay on some days. Other days, that would be a tall task, but plus 11 units. Uh, so, so far, if you've just been kind of using those totals, it's been a, uh, a good ride for you. Those are hitting as of right now at 53.7%, 54%. The NFL totals are doing about the same as well. I think they're also at 54%. Um, we're going to start playing some totals here on show potentially coming forward. We had our first total of the day because Jared hinted it on show and we got that as a winner for Tuesday night. I'm sure he will enjoy uh, the freedom play totals. We were a little bit nervous coming on at the beginning, just trying to make sure that the model was doing well with them because I hadn't built that out to track on the new formatting because the formatting changed from last year. Last year we had it on one row, this year we have two. So I just wasn't able to, just have time to build it out. So built out the coding that, to, to track that and they're looking good. So uh, we'll do a little more totals around show, but You'll get all the total projections, all the spread projections, the thresholds needed for A grade money line, B grade money line, all sorts of goodies there over on Dub Club if you're not there with us already. No extended cut today because we just spent an hour talking about the NFL week, what, 11, I guess is what we're in now. So if you haven't watched that show already, cue that up and make sure you watch a couple of A grade picks on that, a couple totals as well, and a couple of strong B grade plays. If you are into betting the NFL, make sure you don't miss that. Otherwise, we will see y'all later. 